Welcome to episode number 60 of the Wulong Talks podcast. Hi, I'm Jason. I'm the host of the show, as you know. Uh, and as always, I'm joined by the Rustin Kid, aka Rich Kid. Rich Kid, say what's up. What's up, what's up? Cool, man. And um, yeah, we're back. And it's a brand new year. Uh, last time you heard from us, we were having our Christmas special episode and, and we're kind of talking about our Christmas and the kind of things we were hoping to do over the, the Christmas break and um, we hope you all had a, a really in, enjoyable Christmas break and you got all the gifts you wanted and got to see all the people that you love in your life. Um, Rich, how was your Christmas, man? Did you get up to anything cool? It was cool, man. I mean, to be fair, uh, I just, just, just chilled, really. Just chilled the family and mm. just took it easy. Yeah, and then that was it. Can't complain, man. I mean, like you know, you know, you know. I, I think I said it during the Chris um, on the Christmas special. Uh, I'm I'm kind of old for Christmas, um, so as long as I get my presents, then I'm then I'm happy. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a simple man like that. <laughs> yeah, for me it was sleep. As long as I get my sleep, I'm alright. Mm. <laughs> so it was sleep, um, a bit of food, and I did get to play um, Yakuza Six as well, Song of Life. Um, I'm finding it a bit slow going at the moment. I'm only on about chapter four, I think, or something like that. Um, and there's 10 chapters in the game. Um, and yeah, this one's a bit slow going. There's a lot of bloody um, dialogue and exposition in this one. Uh, and I was trying to remember whether Yakuza 5 was like this as well. And I, I, I can't remember. But yeah, this one, there's a hell of a lot of talking in this one. And I'm, I find myself getting a bit frustrated with it. Like there's there's too much talking and there's too much breaks in the gameplay for, you know, side stories and, and this and that and the other. But um, as I said, I'm only like four chapters in, so I need maybe I need to get kind of deeper into the the game before I, I, I make any real progress and start busting some heads. But um, mm. how about you, man? You still bagging out the Destiny? Listen, Destiny. I told you, Destiny's got me. Destiny's <laughs> got me. And and it's weird because I mean, I you know I, I occasionally go into these forums and you know just social media, and you've got this large amount of people that are just bashing Destiny. Because of the amount of content you have to pay for and X, Y, Z. And I mean, I pretty much got all my Destiny stuff for free when mm. they released, when I gave the game away for free. And then the content, the DLC content was just sold for like £20. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so like, I think, I don't think I'm getting my, my money's worth, definitely. This is, you mm. know, like those McDonald's adverts where they're trying to get every single penny. Out <laughs> yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting that out of Destiny 2. Yeah, yeah. Um. So much so that, um. I mean, you guys know that we, you know, me and Jason, we collect comic books, graphic novels, statues and stuff. Um, I've started to collect like art books and art concept books. And one of the books that I did get was the, the Destiny um, Grimoire book, which is kind of like the, the backstory and history of, of Destiny. So I, I'm proper engrossed, man. Like, I, I feel like, like those kids that I see 
playing Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> where they where they walk around <laughs> holding books and they sit down and they're like, oh my god, in 1438, <laughs> like this dragon ate this person. Like I feel like that. And I, but it makes me so happy. So mm. so yeah. Yeah, but so you know in order to answer your question, um, I'm still banging out destiny. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, Destiny is—it's um, an EA game, isn't it? EA Sports produced it. What EA Sports? That's the sports side, but it's EA who produced that game. So no, no, um, it's Bungie. It's Bungie, Bungie, and is it Bungie? Oh, I thought I thought yeah. it was EA who, who were doing Destiny. No. So oh, it's okay. Bungie and is it? The thing that the funny thing is is that basically they've actually just split up. They literally just split up last week, and it's kind of like oh, you know. Let me Google it. Um, mm. Bungie, I think it might be Bungie and Activision. Give me two seconds, but while I'm looking for that, um, yeah, but I, no, I was just gonna say, I mean, that that's uh, you know, you were saying about people's complaints about DLC and things like that, and that's a, a common complaint in the gaming world at the moment that you know, people and I suppose I can understand it because I mean, in your case, it was different because you were prepared to wait for the game. I mean, Destiny at this point is you know, a two year old game, so you were prepared yeah. to wait for it and get it at a cheaper rate where you could get everything at once for one price. Whereas, I suppose if you're buying that on day one on launch day. Um, you know, the problem is with, with a lot of these modern AAA titles is you're getting, you know, 40% of a game and then a week later they're telling you, oh, you need to buy this extra map pack if you want to do this and then you've got to buy this if you want to do that. And, it, you know, that's where people's kind of frustration comes from, I suppose. Yeah, but, yeah. But, um, yeah, 20 quid, I mean, you, you got a good deal there. So, mm, yeah, well, 20, 22, really. pounds. 22 pounds it was. Ah, right, fair enough, yeah. fair enough. So nearly, nearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that's good man that's good that's good um what we're going to do here listeners is we're going to kind of recap some of the the things that we enjoyed doing over the the past year um i mean you've you've heard some of our previous episodes before so you'll know that we always like to do a, a recap at the the end of the old year and the beginning of a new one so we'll take you back through some of the highlights of the year for us that includes um, not just movies and TV shows and games, but actual, you know, cultural events and and things like that that we were able to do over the year. Um, and we've also got a few new features that we want to talk to you about. Plus, we're going to have one of those new features launching at the end of this episode as well. But we'll tell you more about that a little bit later on. Um, but first of all, I mean, 2018 for us has been a phenomenal year um you know we've had the opportunity to experience so much and and to do so much with the podcast this year um and you know the the first thing i want to do really is to thank all of you who are listening to this um you know you've helped to make this year wow just such an amazing year for us as said i mean you know we had 5000 plays this year um of the podcast and you know that's not a necessarily earth-shattering number in comparison to to some other podcasters but for us that's just mind-blowing um you know to, to have that many plays on our little old podcast in the last 12 months um is crazy i mean we basically doubled our overall um play numbers within a year um which yeah said just kind of blows my mind that that so many people have have listened to this and what i've enjoyed as well is seeing how many people around the world have have really kind of engaged with us and um you know have got involved in the question of the week or you know said have listened to episodes or have got in touch with us and you know it, it, it's been crazy it shows you how much 
um, this culture, you know, popular culture can can cross barriers and boundaries and how it can build bridges between people. Um, and, you know, that's part of the reason why me and Richard love doing this is because we we love having the opportunity to to hear from other people from all over the world and meet other people and and make new friends and, and new connections. And, you know, that's definitely the kind of energy we want to keep going in, in 2019. So thank you to all of you who, who've listened with us and, and who fucked with us over the last year, man. We, we appreciate you. We really, really do. But um, yeah, I said this year has, has been a phenomenal one for us in terms of experiences and, and things like that as well. Um, I, I was trying to remember, Richard, if we did anything in January, but I don't think there was anything that we specifically did in January, was it? What, January, as in what, this month now or January last year? No, last year, dude. Not not this month. The month ain't over yet. <laughs> listen, listen, let me say something. It's beginning of the year. Everything confusing. <laughs> People at work are still put in 2018. <laughs> so we need to be specific. <laughs> listen, I did that in my day job the other, the other day, mate. I put 2018 on an on a important form down and I was like, oh shit. Like, it's not 2018. What are you doing? Like, yeah, this year kind um, of creeped up on me. But yeah. yeah, did we do anything last year? I don't, uh, I don't. Not, think not so. in January, did we? No, I don't, I don't think so. No. Mm. Okay, well, we'll skip January then. Um, but I mean, certainly February, we had a, a, a massive kind of cultural moment um, for us. February last year saw the release of uh, Marvel Studios movie Black Panther. Um, it's fair to say that that movie has become a, a cultural phenomenon around the world. Um, and Richard and I were very, very fortunate to get the opportunity to go to the European premiere of, of the movie in London. Um, it was just a, a crazy occasion because, you know, the amount of people that you saw in, in the queue when we were queuing up and, and people that we bumped into at the tube station on the way there who were just kind of like so excited to see this movie with, you know, with African-Americans and with uh, with black people and, and people from the diaspora um, as the leads in, in a big, big budget movie like this was, is something that we rarely see, you know, in, in cinema. And there was just such an excitement as said around everybody who was attending. Um, and yeah, man, it was, it was just something that I, I don't think I'll ever forget that, that experience. Like, you know, as much as we have like some gripes about the, the setup and the way that they did certain things for the premiere itself, um, you know, the emotion, we, we definitely got swept up in the emotion of the experience, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Um, Rich, I mean, how, how about you? I mean, what was kind of like the, the, the highs of, of that whole experience? Um, I mean, like you said, it was just, it was just that, just that feeling of just seeing people like us. And it's, and I don't know, it, we're not, like I said, when, when we started this channel, it wasn't a thing to try and alienate anybody or to just, cater to a particular market our channel is basically open for anybody and everybody we, we have no qualms unless your name's r kelly right <laughs> yeah but it, but it was just the most if it's such if it's such a word it's, it was the most fantastical thing going to a place like you said but seeing other people like us and it's weird because i remember seeing a skit um done by richard Pryor. And he does this whole skit about how how all black people should go to Africa, and he goes like, just just go there. Like it's it's just a bit of an eye opener. You don't have to go and live there. You can do whatever, but you should just go to a place where there's other people like you, and and it will just 
it, it would just open your eyes a little bit. And he said that basically he's walking down the street and he's going, oh, hey, that looks like my friend Jim Brown or that guy. Hold on, where, where's everyone else? Like everybody just looks like me. And it said it shouldn't be a thing where it should feel different. It should feel natural. But seeing Black Panther and then seeing the amount of people rolling out for this premiere, it really hammered it home about how much representation is needed hmm. in, you know, in, 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 in loads of things. But obviously right now we're just talking about cinema. And so it, it was just a, a beautiful thing. Like I said, just seeing people just go in there and everyone was just there for the same thing. And it wasn't necessarily just seeing just only black people there as well. I mean, I, I ended up, we ended up bumping into Professor Green mm. out there and seeing a couple of people from like radios, you know, radio and things like that and from television. But some of them might not have even been fans of the film. But like you said, it was just this event that just brought this large amount of people together. Mm. And everybody was just so we ended up making friends watching a film with, with two with two ladies who I actually can't remember their names, but ended up being really, really nice. And they actually follow ended up following us on on, on Wulongs, mm, mm. Um, which is really bad because they follow us, so we should know their names. But um, but it was just I think it was just like a night, it was like a networking night without it being networking, and everybody was just in the same vibe. Like you said, the setup of it and everything was, you know, was neither here nor there. But the vibe was just amazing, and that's the one thing I'll. That's the one thing I just remember for it. And I remember turning around to you, Jay. I remember. I think we just looked at each other and just went, "This is, this is, this is just fucking amazing." <laughs> like, look at this. Like this mm. is this is just beautiful. So so yeah, it was yeah. That that's 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 my memory of of that night. Mm. Mm. Yeah, man, I, I distinctly remember us. I think we we said this is beautiful. I think we just we both kind of turned to each other. And we were just like, yeah, man, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is beautiful. And and as you said, it was just like it it you know as, as significant as it was for us on on you know that that level of um, having that that representation on the big screen in a big budget Marvel movie. Um, it, it kind of went beyond that and it became like I said, a, a pop culture phenomenon that, um, you know, that appealed to Marvel movie fans. It appeared to regular movie fans. It appealed to, um, you know, people who, who just wanted to see a, a movie with people of color up on the screen, um, you know, to, to people who were just action movie fans. It, it, it kind of crossed all of these borders and, and boundaries and, and became, um, such a huge hit that it ended up making a billion dollars at the box office, which nobody saw coming. I think yeah. even, you know, I mean, Kevin Feige himself said, you know, even in our wildest dreams, we well, we were confident the film would do well, but, you know, in our wildest dreams, we didn't think it was going to do that well. We didn't think it was it was going to go that far. So, yeah, that was um, that was truly a highlight of, of, of 2018, man, for sure. That, that was a, just an amazing experience. And they said that's one I, I think I'll never forget. So... Yeah, man, that, that's definitely one to one to remember. Well, also this year, as I said at the top of the show, aside from sort of watching movies and, and TV shows, um, you know, me and Rich were able to do a bit of traveling this year and um, us being the people that we are, traveling usually means we're going to end up doing some some geeky stuff, um, namely, you know, going to cons and um, going to uh, conventions and exhibitions and things like that. Um, so we were able to attend uh, MCM Comic-Con at the beginning of uh, the year. Well, not so much the beginning of the year. It was more like sort of um, May, wasn't it? For, for yeah, MCM. It was yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and that was really cool. Um, you know, I mean, if you've been listening to the show a while, you know, me and Rich go to MCM Comic Con pretty much every year, um, some cases twice a year. Um, you know, and, and we enjoy the, the convention experience and, and we enjoy going there. You know, a lot of our, our friends and people from our social circle go there as well. Um, but also it's just a great opportunity to meet, you know, other people and to meet, um, in particular, to meet the creators of, you know, the, the, the stuff that we enjoy. So be that comic book writers, um, you know, uh, TV stars, actors and, and things like that. Um, and MCM this year, I think, was um, no exception. I mean, it was the first year that um, MCM in London was was being managed by an American company called Repop, who um, you would know for New York Comic Con US listeners. So if you, if you know New York Comic Con, um, Repop is the same company that, that manages that. They've now taken over management of MCM in London. And uh, it did, I don't know about you, Rich, but it felt like quite different this year. It did feel um, a bit more organized yeah. um, and a bit and more kind it of felt bigger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It felt a lot bigger. Um, I mean, do you think these are kind of changes that have been made for the better um, in terms of the, the way that it's laid out and everything now? Yeah, well, I mean, we were talking about how, like I said, I mean, it, number one, it felt more organized. It felt bigger. The timings, the time, the mm. times, the times. Yeah, so the times were extended as well, weren't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that it opened up earlier and it closed later. And it closed later, yeah. Yeah, it, it just felt, you know, you know, for the first time ever, it felt like, we weren't rushed yeah or pressed for time for anything and it allowed us to enjoy enjoy it that little bit more and then on top of that the way how everything was like organized it just yeah, I, it just i just felt like i enjoyed myself more without having to force myself to if you get my meaning mm -hmm. you know, you know sometimes that like, we would get there on a saturday and then we look at the time and it's just like what yeah it, it was like five minutes but like now it's like four o'clock and then you know, but it, but I say it got to a point where we had enough time that we'd actually looked everywhere, and we were able to be like, okay, well, listen, we've done our rounds. Let's maybe just go back here in case something else catches our eye. You know, it, it, just in case we missed it. Mm. And there was just that nice easiness that that you know that 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 came with it this year with with, with the new owners or the new organizers or whatever you want to call them. But either way, they've done a good job. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, it it was nice. I, I like. It. I'm I'm looking forward to see what it's going to be like um, this year as well. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they build on um, the things that happened. I mean, there was a lot of um, a lot more high profile guests uh, this summer. It felt like um, in comparison to you know kind of what was being offered in the past because um, we actually had members of the Black Panther cast. I think. Um, Letitia, uh, Letitia Wright, yeah, that's right. Letitia Wright, who plays yeah. Shuri, was was here this year. Um, so she did uh, was doing meet and greets, and I think she had like a an on stage interview and things like that as well, um, which was really cool. And uh, we also, you know, got like more comic book artists and, and writers this year. It felt like as well, um, both kind of big names and people who were you know were independents or, or people who were starting out. Um, and one of the, you know, the things that, that me and Rich enjoy is, is, is kind of getting to meet some of the people who, who make the things that we love. And I think, um, for you, Rich, surely one of the, the highlights has got to be meeting, um, Jeff Darrow, um, yeah, yeah. and getting a picture taken with him. Cause you know, that was pretty, pretty damn cool considering, you know, how big a guy he is, but, um, yeah. 
yeah, man. I mean, Jeff Darrow was was he was so cool as well. He was really like, he was really just your typical kind of um, whatever you'd imagine a, a comic book um, writer slash artist to be. That's kind of what he was. Um, you know, he was just very laid back, very open, um, really kind of cool. I mean, you, you didn't get to chat to him that long, did you? I, I can't remember. To be honest, uh, well, I mean, no, I think we did have like a little bit of like a is the word is the is the saying tete tete. Yeah, I read people, I read, yeah, <laughs> every now and again, he does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was nice because it was weird because I remember we, I spoke to him and took pictures of him, pictures with him on the Sunday, mm. and I remember passing him on the Saturday and not noticing but going like, Oh, Jeff Darrow, mm. but then, like, but you know, you know, I get super excited at Comic Con people, so I'm all over the place, I'm like. I'm like a five-year-old on on sherbet, so you know, <laughs> yeah. and um, and then obviously then seeing him on the Sunday and then going up to talk to him, and then realizing how big he is, like mm. he's just a big guy, like a bear, and I think I remember he stood up, and I have this thing, and uh, listen, listeners out there, I'm five seven, um, so like, there's some people that may be short to some people out there, but they still might be technically bigger and taller and taller to me. And he stood up and I went, shit, you're big. <laughs> I went, yeah, I'm a big guy. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. But um, it was just really, really nice. Just um, mm. just having a quick little chat to him. I, I said how much I enjoyed his work and everything like that. Um, and he was really, really grateful. And, um, and I don't think a lot of people out there really knew who he was because we passed him quite a few times on a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah. And he was never really busy. Mm. Um, so I mean, just a, a brief little history breakdown of who Jeff Darrow is. Um, he's just an amazing artist, done a lot of work for for Image. One of them being, is it Cowboy Cowboy Samurai? Uh, it's oh god, Shaolin, Shaolin. No, it's Shaolin Shaolin Cowboy. Cowboy yeah, yeah, Shaolin. Shaolin Cowboy. And uh, he's he was also the concept artist for the Matrix films. So uh, you know, so all of those, all of the, all of the designs, let's say for the squids, which are like the mechanical robots and just the machine world. He basically, you know, designed all of that stuff. If you get a chance, any of you guys out there listening, uh, just Google Jeff Darrow matrix artwork and you see how much of an amazing artist he is. And he's someone that I, I really think that that's overlooked. Um, but yeah, but he, he was definitely a highlight of someone that, uh, meeting at, at the Comic-Con. So that, mm. that was cool. Yeah, no doubt, man. He he was, he was. Um, and as I said, you know, th these kind of things are always good to to get to meet, you know, um, people who are just starting out. So meeting independents and and people, you know, who are chasing their dream and and um, you know, developing their their passion and and developing that dream project that they've always wanted to do. And you know, you get to meet those people face to face at, at conventions, which is great. Um, so, you know, we always highly recommend that if you are a fan of, of pop culture and, you know, if you've got a favorite TV show or, you know, a favorite comic or a favorite book or a favorite game or whatever it is, you know, try to get to one of these conventions because even if you can't meet the, the creators behind what you love, you'll at least meet like-minded people who, who like what you like. And, you know, that's how friendships are born and, you know, and, and good things happen and good energy gets put out into the world. So... Um, definitely make sure, you know, you make some time to to do that. So, yeah, we had MCM this year, which which we enjoyed. Um, we also had the opportunity this year to go to Paris. 
um, to Paris Comic-Con for, I, I believe it was the first Paris Comic-Con by this specific uh, company. Um, and I think, I didn't look it up, but I think they're related to the same people who do MCM in London. They were, um, yeah. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Richard and I, you know, and, and a friend of ours, Jared, um, got to go over to Paris for the weekend and, and check out the uh, Paris Comic-Con. Um, and I got to say, man, it was probably my favorite con experience of the year. Um, <laughs> I really, really, really loved it. Uh, I really did. Um, you know, the convention's not quite a, a, as physically big as, as say, London MCM is. Um, in fact, it's a lot smaller than that. But what it lacks in the size, it more than makes up for in terms of the, the quality of the content that you get there in a sense that, um, you know, you get so much um, access to artists and writers and authors and, you know, the sellers are not um, retailers who are selling, you know, the same thing every two and three stores down. Everybody has something different to, to kind of offer. Um, and it's a lot easier to kind of meet, um, you know, the, the artists that you want to, to meet and the writers that you want to meet as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, Rich. I mean, what what were some of the highlights for you from Paris Comic Con? Paris Comic Con. You know, what, you know what my highlight was, and I'm sure, like, you know, if I say it, you'd be like, yeah, damn straight, it was. Um, it was uh, just taking pictures of the cosplayers. Mm. They were going in. They yeah, did, yeah, like, they did. They did. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> I think they may have made. They may have actually topped like UK MCM. Mm. Yeah, like I, I saw some wicked costumes. I'm like, I was seeing people in cosplays and they were giving out business cards and shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't get me wrong, I don't speak French, but I know business cards when I say a business card. <laughs> and um, yeah, and, I was, and they, they just really went in. And there was quite a few characters, obscure characters that I saw people dressed up as. And I was like, okay, like you, you wouldn't normally see that. But then it just kind of hammers it home because. Like, uh, there's quite, I mean, Paris has, well, well you know, Paris, France has quite a, a large um, anime community. And they've had anime there a lot longer than we have in the UK. So, I mean, for example, I mean, they've got characters like Arsene Lupin, uh, mm. which is basically, you know, if you think about it, it's a French-born character. And then Japan basically made their own version of it and then sold it back to, you know, back, back to France. You've got Nicky Larson. Which is the French version of City Hunter, mm. um, which is also known as Ryu, which is also known as Ryu Saber in, in Japan. So it was it was nice seeing characters that I know, but I don't normally see elsewhere. Mm. So so I mean so that that was one of the things that I really enjoyed. That, like the cosplayers just just really killed it, and you know just being able to be like, hey, I know that guy. Why mm. not that guy? Mm. That that was nice. That was nice. Yeah, and then me and a couple of the sellers out there as well. Um, and you know, we met. We met. We made. I think a couple of friends. So it it was good. It was nice. Mm. Yeah, it was, man. It was. You know, for me, probably the highlight, even though it was only brief, um, the highlight for me was probably getting to meet Brian Stelfreeze. Um, just yeah. because, like, for those of you that don't know, listeners, um, Brian Stelfreeze is is um a legend in in comic book circles um you know he's been one of the premier sort of comic book artists um out there for for many years um and in particular i mean his work got a lot of attention um with the most recent black panther comic book run uh that came out that was written by uh ta-nehisi coates 
Um, Brian Selfries was actually doing like a lot of the um, artwork in the early issues, particularly mm. the covers and things like that. Um, and as I always say to people, if you like, if you like the the nanotechnology from the Black Panther movie, you can thank Brian Stelfreeze for that because he was the one who who came up with that idea, um, or or he certainly visualized that idea. I mean, it was him and, and Tanahisi Coates who who came up with it together, really. But but he certainly brought it to life um, in the way that it, it was in in the movie. Um, and that was just, yeah, that was just like amazing for me. I mean, like as I said, we only got to meet him briefly, listeners. So it was, you know, it wasn't really a, um, an opportunity for us to, to kind of sit down and, and pick his brain as much as we would have liked. But yeah, man, that, that was, that was incredible. But, um, as Richard said, you know, the cosplaying was epic, absolutely epic. I mean, like I remember there was one picture I took of a, a lady who dressed as Maleficent. And um, oh, yeah. Yeah. and she was just like, I was like, wow, like this is a fucking amazing, like the amount of detail and effort and time you can see that people put into their cosplays. It was just like, it was, it was insane. Um, you know, there was, what was the other one that I was thinking of? Um, there was the other lady who'd cosplayed as, as Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, oh yeah. That one yeah. was yeah. like just amazing as well. Just like so detailed. Uh, again, like people have, you know, you know, you can clearly see that people have put like a huge amount of time and effort into to what they've done. Um, by the way, listeners, I mean, if you want to see some of the pictures from um, our trip to Paris last year, uh, you can find them all on our Instagram page. Um, you just need to go to the Instagram app and search for Wulong Talks on Instagram. Uh, will pop up um, and then you can check out all of the cosplay pictures there. I mean, all the best of uh, cosplay pictures that we took um, from Paris and there was quite a few are all up on the page. So you can check those out and, and have a look. Um, and I said, yeah, don't just take our word for it. Like, go and see it, man, because some of those, those cosplays were, were phenomenal, phenomenal. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, Paris was was an amazing experience with, you know, Richard and I, um, when we started doing this, podcast one of the things we you know we kind of said we want to do and one of the podcast kind of bucket lists is is to get to go to you know conventions not just in the UK but outside of the UK um eventually we want to get to San Diego Comic-Con and one day we will do it I don't know when but eventually we will get there um but you know we we wanted to go abroad and to kind of try and meet different people and and make connections uh, abroad and and you know maybe try and attract some people to to listen to us and to follow what we're doing and um it was very productive on on that level um but also as I said it was just really enjoyable because the french really 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 appreciate art as which probably goes about saying because of you know the the history of the, of that nation but um you know they they really do cherish art in in france um and you know you get the feeling in france as well that they take um, pop culture a little bit more seriously than they do over here. Um, you know, pop culture is is not just um, it's not just a thing to entertain you for a little while. It's a thing that you study and you you know examine and you discuss with your friends and and you know it, it it's all kind of wrapped up in in I guess the French psyche and the way in which they they like to kind of um, interact with with the world around them so um being around that for a weekend was 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 cool very very cool 
Um, was there anything else you fancied um, from that weekend that you wanted to chat about? Uh, well, I mean, it was. I mean, the other thing was that it was we got to hang out with a friend of ours that we haven't really hung out with before. So in the pictures, you know, listeners, if you go to our, you know, go to our site, you'll go to the Instagram page. Like you'll see, there'll be a couple of pictures of the guy that came with me and Jason, and his name is Jared. And it was just cool just hanging out with another guy, well, another person who's like into the same shit that we are. Um, and yeah, and, and, it, and it was it was it was just a, just just cool just hanging out with him, really. You know, like I said, all these type of things, it it's is all these things that we like to follow or you know are interested in. It brings people together. And uh, and one of the things that I remember saying to Jay is that you know because jason jared's a guy that we work with and i remember saying to jason and jared like eh, if i you know f- five years ago if i'd said that you guys would have been in paris together just you two not work related what would you have said you would have been like fuck no <laughs> but then like you start talking to someone and you realize you've got something in common and you're just like hey let's not just go to a comic-con let's go to a comic-con that's not in london that means we're traveling to like another place <laughs> where they don't even speak our language yeah cool when you know we're interested in the same thing let's do it so I, I found that really interesting and um it, it was just a weekend of just seeing amazing places you know meeting different people we ended up meeting people on a train on the way back it was just it was just nice yeah the, the whole the whole weekend was just just one big highlight for me man mm-hmm. well listeners you'll definitely get to know jared a little bit better in in the coming weeks and and months um so you know we'll 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 save the introductions until he's um actually around um but yeah as richard said you know he's he's a cool guy and i think you guys are going to like him as well um but yeah we'll say no more on that for for the time being and we'll we'll move on um because we also got to travel to edinburgh this year as well in scotland for another convention which was uh i love the 80s which was um basically it, well as the name says it, it, it you know it does what it says on the tin it's a it was a convention that was based around sort of classic tv shows from the 1980s that had a little smattering of, of kind of comic book stuff as well but um the the focus primarily primarily was on um, things like Battle Gas- Battlestar Galactica and uh, A-Team. Um, Buck, Rogers. Buck Rogers. Yep, yeah, Buck yeah. Rogers as Flash well. Gordon. Uh, Flash Gordon. Yeah, all the kind of stuff from, from the 80s that you probably know and love if you're listening to this show. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that was uh, pretty cool as well. Um, it, again, it was a lot smaller th- than I kind of thought it was going to be. I mean, I don't know if, if if you agree with that, but yeah, no, no, it was it was it yeah. To be fair, it was tiny. Hmm. Um, and the other thing is that you know when we knew where we were going to, I think you know what it is. I think we're, we've been spoilt for comic cons. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Actually. Yeah, so yeah. we just think that all comic cons are the same. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So I mean, so, yes, yeah, so, so going to the one in Edinburgh. We knew it was going to be about the 80s, but at the same time, we, we did think it was going to be a lot more focused on, well, not a lot more focused, but a lot more, let's say, like comic book collections and things like that and back issues and things that we could buy. So once again, it was something that we are aware of, we are aware of and we have been to before in larger comic cons, but it was definitely a lot more specialized in that one thing. So we were, th- I mean, we were thrown off when we first got there, weren't we? Mm. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, so it, it was decent. It, it was, it was, it was enjoyable. Should I say? Mm. Um, 
Mm. I don't know, it sounds like I'm be, it sounds like I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> it was it, it was it was a nice weekend it was a nice weekend yeah yeah i thought so it was it, it was kind of fun um yeah. it was kind of fun actually um and you know one of the things I, I did enjoy doing up in edinburgh was discovering that that little comic book shop deadhead comics oh yeah um, you know which was uh really cool i mean if you're ever going up by edinburgh away listeners um Deadhead Comics is is a really cool place. It's a very very small comic book store. It's kind of hidden um, off the back streets, and it's kind of um, about ten minutes walk away from Edinburgh Castle. Um, and it's really really cool, especially if you're after like kind of more independent stuff and, and niche stuff. Um, they actually had like a, a display with comics by local artists and, and writers so people actually from edinburgh which i thought was was um really cool as well because that's something that you don't see at a lot of comic book stores um in this country so you know that that was very cool that they were trying to push the the local talent as much as um you know the obvious names that you would expect to see so yeah you know that that was that was pretty cool um in fact, that, that, that deadhead's comic store i think it was the only or one of the only independent comic book stores in Edinburgh as well, from what she said. If she yes, yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right. So um, you know, that that was interesting. That was really, really interesting. So yeah, if you're passing through Edinburgh, make sure you go and check out um Deadhead Comics, man. That, that's a good look. Definitely a good look. Right. Um, those are kind of like the the cultural highlights, I think, unless I've missed anything, Rich. Have we not talked about something? I'm sure I'm sure if we have it will pop up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well let's move on. Um apart from obviously the cultural stuff, we we you know, we had um a year where we had a few oh, actually yeah, let's do some obituaries as well because we had a few um quite significant people pass away this year. Um I mean first and foremost is the obvious one Stanley. Um you know, we did a, a, an episode this year about uh, Stan and um, what his work meant to us and, um, you know, what we think the legacy of his work will be. And, um, you know, so I won't go over too much old ground with, with all of that um, really, but, you know, suffice to say that if you are interested in hearing our thoughts on that, make sure you go and check out our, our episode. It's called Thank You, Stan, um, and it's available on our podcast channel. Um, so, yeah, wherever you're listening to this podcast, just search for that episode and, and you'll find it. Um, Rich, did you want to add any thoughts on Stanley's passing? You know, I, I think like number one, you just kind of recapped it, and that episode was just was just pretty emotional anyway. Um, and I did write, I wrote a little piece about him as well. So I, I don't think there's really anything else to add. We're mm. just we're treading over old ground. They're just going to open up old wounds again. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's going to start to hurt again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Cool. Well, I mean, aside from um, losing Stanley, we also uh, saw the the passing of Raymond Chow. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, you know, Raymond Chow is uh, partly responsible for, well, pretty much the way kind of modern martial arts cinema is today, really. Um, you know, he was one of the co-founders of Golden Harvest. Um he was part of the Shaw Brothers, um, you know, studio that produced so many, 
so many classic kung fu movies from you know the the 60s onwards um that that Shaw brothers did you know they, they were partly responsible for breaking bruce lee as a as a movie star yeah. um you know yeah, for Jackie Chan, for you know, pretty much any of the the, the big names now in, in in kung fu cinema from Hong Kong, um, you know, Raymond Chow had his hand in it and played his, his part in that. Um, so his legacy is is humongous um, in terms of what's out there. So yeah, you know that that's um, definitely somebody we we pay a salute to um, up here in Wulong Talks, man. Um, and uh, the other person who died, he passed away quite recently, funny enough, um, uh, just before, I think, the, the end of the year. And that's uh, Ringo Lam. Um, oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. I only, just remember, I only remember, remember this the other day. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I was like, did I forget this? And then mm. I actually to myself, shit, I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, age will do that to you, man. But um, yeah, Ringo Lam passed away, which is a name that, I mean, if you were somebody who enjoyed the kind of heroic bloodshed movies of of the late 80s and early 90s, then Ringo Lam is a name you would know. Um, he basically was, you know, along with John Woo kind of at the, and I guess Stanley, Stanley Tong and, and Choi Hark as well. They, they were kind of the, the vanguard of... Um, that kind of heroic bloodshed movement. Heroic bloodshed, by the way, is, is just a term used to describe um, some of the action movies that came out of Hong Kong in, in the 80s and 90s. Um, but Ringo Lam was the director of uh, and the writer behind one film called City on Fire, which is pretty... I mean, basically, if this film didn't exist, Reservoir Dogs wouldn't exist because Reservoir Dogs at, at times is a shot-for-shot shot remake of yeah. City on Fire. Um, and, and Tarantino has pretty much said that him himself. Um, so yeah, if you like Reservoir Dogs, you can thank, um, Ringo Lam for, for being the inspiration behind that. Um, but he did many, many more movies, but beside that, I mean, he recently just finished up a movie with, um, with Daniel Wu, I think, I think, uh, Daniel Wu was saying he just finished, uh, filming a movie with him in, yeah, I think it was like sort of mid-December or something like that. They just wrapped really? filming in, in, yeah, in Hong Kong. Um, yeah, and then literally, I think like two weeks after the movie wrapped, he he passed away. So, uh, what, did he, what did he pass of? How did he pass? I don't know. You know, I I don't actually know. I'm I'm assuming that it's cancer. I'll, I'll look it up. Hold on one second. Yeah. Uh, sorry, listeners, for the the dead air here. Uh, I probably should look at this to there's see no what, dead what it they're good. They, they know what it listen this is episode 60 they know how we roll whole key smoke he was in a fire no oh, he was caught in a fire okay what kind of yeah. nonsense is this yeah that's a bit mad isn't it he was caught in a fire listen no comment what type of irony is this mm. that we just bring up the film a city on fire, <laughs> in a fire. i'm yeah. not even cracking jokes man like, mm. but, like, like, damn. Yeah, you know that that's another uh, another piece of of my childhood gone, man. Like, yeah. so, yeah, it's been it's been a rough one. It's been a rough one. But enough of that. Let's stop doing all the the negative stuff. Let's start talking about the juicy things, the things that people have come here to listen to, and that is our take on some of the things that we enjoyed from movie, TVs, and maybe a little bit of comics from from Rich Kid as well, um, from 2018. 
now there's a lot <laughs> when I was looking back at it I realized there's a hell of a lot of things that I've absorbed um this year in 2018 so for me I'm you know I'm going to try and keep these sh- list very short listeners i'm not going to go into too much detail because some of this stuff i've already done um reviews for on the podcast and things like that um so there's no need for me to really kind of go into too much detail so um i'll just kind of summarize and, and give you some lists of, of things that i like and then i'll pick out a few movies and tv shows that really kind of interested me over the last 12 months um that i think you guys should check out as well um but yeah richie i mean you can start if you like and um just give us a quick rundown of the things that you've enjoyed in in 2018 uh start with movies i guess so throw me under the bus will you okay <laughs> <laughs> jesus you're, like, you're obsessed with being thrown under the bus <laughs> yeah because you keep on throwing me under the bus this is like <laughs> stockholm syndrome <laughs> um what did i what did i so basically what did i enjoy in 2018 Mm-hmm. Um, like we said at the beginning of the show, 2018 was it was. I mean, because we've said this before, you know, me and you, and we've said it with a couple of our other, you know, if you want to call them geek, like geeks, like geek friends. But we were just blessed and spoiled. 2018 was a funny year because it was like I, I would, you know, if I'm going to say something, and you can tell me if you agree, Jay. But um, we've been geeks since like day one, you know, but then I don't think geekdom didn't really start truly, I would say, until Iron Man 1 came out, right? That's when it got like the, that's like when it got like the, the modern geek age. So, you know, you've got like in comic books, you've got like the, the golden age, the silver age, and you've got the modern age. I would say right now we're like in like, like in our modern age. So, uh, so we've had like the 60s of like Batman, um, you know, so 40s into the 60s, Superman, Batman, Green Hornet, all of those camp stuff. And then you got like the 80s into the 90s, which you could which you generally could consider like uh, you know, the silver age of of, the, of those type of things. And now you we're now in like into like the modern age with like um uh the MCU and every other, you know, movie production house, whatever, trying to create their own universe. But we were just spoiled on so many things and it felt weird. Because for the first time ever, it generally felt like whatever come out in the cinema, geek-wise, was fully ingrained in pop culture. So highlights for me last year, obviously, we had Black Panther. We had Infinity War. Um, the end of the year, we had Into the Spider-Verse. During the year, we just had like relaunches of comics, which I was just like, wow, wh- where did this come from? And how did it happen? And why did it happen? Not to say that I'm that I'm generally upset, but um, yeah, it, it was it was just a weird one, and cinema was just really really good as well. Um, hey, I'm proud of. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed you were just rambling away there, I'm, like <laughs> the better of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just um, yeah. So your highlights basically TV. Uh, well, no, st- we could start with movies, but um. Yeah, you know, just the, okay. the things that you enjoyed the most. I said you don't have to go into detail and stuff. Um, just you know, the things that really stood out for you this year. Okay, that's, okay, let's start with movies. Come on, Jay, you know me. I, my mind's all over the place. You need to give me structure. All right. So one of the films that really stood out to me last year, and it's a bit of a cop out because it was actually released in uh, in the UK in uh, 2017, but it didn't really pick up any form of 
Oscar buzz uh, until the beginning of 2018. And it's a, a coming of age movie called Call Me By Your Name. Uh, and it's basically it's set in the 80s and it's about a, a kid named Elio uh, who basically ends up falling in love with uh, an intern who comes to work for his father um, during the summer. And it's and it's one of those things I remember because you haven't seen it yet, Jay, have you? No, I haven't yet. No. Yeah. And I don't know if, if, you know, if I told you, remember, I remember telling you saying like, it's one of those films where unfortunately there's, there are some people out there who still believe that certain types of preference of how you love people is a thing. Um, that doesn't bother me. I know it doesn't bother you. And I know it doesn't bother, you know, a lot of our listeners, but this, I mean, basically the, the relationship between these two characters is, is that, you know, one is, the older one is kind of pretending to be gay, maybe even be maybe bisexual, but you know, it's a period when you're not really allowed to talk about things like that. But you know, everyone's everybody's like is still hip and cool. And you've got Elio who's uh who's basically a teenager who's just discovering himself. And to me, it wasn't so much so that it was about you know two men having a gay relationship, it was just about falling in love. It was like, like Jenna is just such a beautiful film. It's just about two people falling in love and knowing that they can't be together for quite a few reasons, but just having those brief moments in time and just enjoying it while it lasts. And it, and to be fair, it, it just reminded me of, of just being a kid and like having the first crush. And, mm. like that. and, and I really, really recommend that if, if none of you guys have seen this film, go and see it. There was a bit of a, a bit of controversy in regards to like a you know we're all adults here in regards to like a masturbation scene with like a peach but i'm telling you now like it's done in like the, the nicest possible way and um and to be fair i'm sure if you really wanted to find much weirder things to watch in regards to sex you could just google it and go to like a, a porn site but but definitely go and go and watch Call Me by Your Name. It's, it's, it's a beautiful film and I recommend it to to anyone and to everyone and anyone. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. I definitely need to catch that. I mean, I've been saying I'm I'm gonna watch it and I still haven't got around to watching it. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure, for sure. I will I will um catch up with that movie because ev everybody who's seen it comes out saying it's good. Yeah. Um and you know, as much as I'm not somebody who's too into kind of romantic movies i i like i like movies that deal with love in a real way and yeah. it sounds like this is the kind of movie that deals with love in a real way um but not only that it's also entertaining and it's beautiful to look at as you said so um yeah that's definitely one that i'm i'm gonna catch up with so yeah call me by your name is is definitely a good one to to go down on on the list man. um any others you wanted to mention um Blade Runner, twenty forty nine. So I oh shit, that. was that this year? You know what? Once again, oldness kicks in. Let's not. <laughs> I, know I, did. Yeah. I know I did watch it last year, but I'm not okay. sure if it was released last year. This Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh, it might. Yeah, it might have been released the year before. I think you know, but um, hold on, I'll just. Sorry, listeners, we're checking it, was, it again. Twenty seventeen, <laughs> it was released. Oh, okay, right, right. Yeah, and listen. I mean, listeners out there, this number one. I just looked at I just looked at how long the film was, and I remember the film being long, but at no point going like, "God damn, this film is long." I was just like, "Yeah, this film is long." I don't give two shits. 
I could think I could I think I could watch this for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, if anybody's wondering, the film is four hours and forty one minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. although I don't know if that was necessarily the cut that they released at the cinema, you know. Oh. Um, I think they may have cut it down for the cinema to three hours. And then I think um what happened was the original cut is is four hours plus, but I think yeah, the the Correct me if I'm wrong on that, listeners. But I think that the 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 cut they released in the movies wasn't actually that long. It was it uh, was um yeah it was cut down. Was was 163 cinema. minutes? Uh, 164 minutes. Yeah, that's not four hours. That's was that three um, hours? That's about three hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three hours. Like even even then, like I I, I was like yeah, I can just watch this film like nonstop. Um. And the reason why this was a high, like I said, I mean, listeners, it came out 2017, but I didn't watch it until last year. So I'm bending rules as I always do in Wulongs. And I'm I'm putting it for my one of my highlights for 2018. Um, if you don't like it, sue me. Um it's weird because I was I wouldn't say that I'm not a fan of the original Blade Runner, but the original Blade Runner has never been a film where I've gone like, oh my god, Blade Runner's on today. Like I need to go home quickly and go and watch it or they might release like the seventh Ridley Scott, you know, you know, director's cut. It's never bothered me. Um, I've always appreciated the impact that it's had on cinema and, you know, science fiction as a genre, but it's never been one of my go-to films. Blade Runner 2049, on the other hand, Jesus, it's a beautiful film. Um, and it just, it just deals with, once again, it, it, it once again it reminds me of sci-fi that I miss. Um, so I, I I've mentioned it before on on the podcast before where there's like your typical sci-fi that we you know become accustomed to where it's just like spaceships and laser guns and you know maybe special powers and things like that. And then you've got sci-fi that was written during a period where it was people that wanted to discuss things in society that it weren't really allowed to discuss because they would be seen you know as different or maybe being sympathizers for you know maybe people that were put in particular situations um and Blade Runner 2049 just just it really reminded me of just like good old sci-fi and dealing with you know with concepts such as like what it means to be human what it means to love or to be loved hey quick question well just question to myself was 2018 like just a falling in love year for myself because I'm just picking films that people <laughs> seem to be falling in love. It seems like <laughs> it. <laughs> and I'm not, not even noticing. Not, not that I thought it was possible for you to fall in love with yourself anymore, but yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and it, and it was just a, a, it was just a beautiful film. And then once again, much like Call Me By Your Name, visually it's beautiful in fact you know i actually think that the cinematographer for call me by a name may have worked on blade runner 2049 um and if the, if it was the same person like it, it, it wouldn't surprise me but both films are just beautiful like really really beautiful um yeah i I'm, i mean the best thing to say is that i mean anybody who hasn't seen it definitely go and peep it i don't think it's going to be a waste of, of three hours like some people try to say um you wouldn't you don't necessarily have to have seen the original blade runner either to enjoy this one um it would fill in some blanks but like i said i mean i've seen blade runner a handful of times 
I remember bits and pieces of it. Not my favourite movie, but this one. I actually watched it and started watching it again straight after. So I finished it, watched even watched all the credits, went downstairs, made me made me like a little snack, and then came back upstairs and put it back on. Didn't finish it because I fell asleep, because like I said, the film's fucking three hours. Um, but that just shows you how good the film is. So, so yeah. And I ended up getting the, the concept art book um, for Blade Runner 2049 um, um, through Titan Publishing. So uh, big up to Titan, Titan Publishing for sending that through to us um, to review as well. Um, but, yeah, that was definitely another highlight movie for, for 2018 for me. Cool. Cool, man. Um, well, for me, I mean, in terms of movies, I, I realized, as, as said, when I was preparing notes and stuff for this, I was like, damn, I've seen a lot of films this year, man. Um, for, for me anyway, because uh, I'm somebody who, um, you know, I, I try to, to get to the cinema as much as I can, but I don't always have the time. So there's some things that I end up missing that other people go to see um, and come back and go, oh, how come you haven't seen this yet? So, yeah, so my list is... Um, not quite as comprehensive as, as some other people's lists will be, but these are the things that I kind of saw in, in 2018 that, that really stood out for me. Um, I'm not going to talk about all of these movies. Some of them I will because they're ones that I haven't mentioned in the review podcast um, that we usually do on this channel. So um, Searching, uh, the movie starring John Cho, um, really really enjoyed that movie really enjoyed it um i think the only thing that that stopped me from making it one of the better movies i'd seen this year is that the the ending is slightly a bit of a cop out but uh, but yeah as, as a whole really good movie really cleverly done i mean the fact that they were able to make it all with um with you know um what's that thing called facetime and yeah um and skype and, and things like that and they were able to, to to make a film out of that like that's nuts um when you think about it and you know john cho who's the the lead actor in it is is phenomenal i've loved john cho for years ever since um you know i saw him in uh harold and kumar um in the first harold and kumar movie <laughs> Um, you know, I think he's a, an amazing actor. Um, I love his work on Star Trek. Um, and I hope, you know, the guy really goes from strength to strength. And um, yeah, Searching, he's, he is fantastic in that movie. And I, I really can't recommend it highly enough, especially if you're somebody who's into kind of like that that kind of Hitchcockian style thriller where it's, because um, I feel like that kind of thriller is, is hit a brick wall these days. Like you don't really get, films that have those kinds of plot twists and, and turns and and have tension like that anymore dramatic tension anymore um i think m night shamalan has got a lot to to answer for in that regard i think he's spoiled mm -hmm. a lot of people with that um but searching is is very much in the tradition of kind of like a hitchcock thriller um and yeah it's really really well done so definitely worth checking out um aside from searching uh there was black clansman i saw this year as well which was a phenomenal movie um it, great to see spike lee back to his best again um after quite a few years in the wilderness um but you know this again is a really really entertaining movie um john david washington is is fantastic laura harrier is in it as well from spider-man homecoming she's fantastic adam driver's brilliant in it 
um, Topher Grace plays fucking David Duke, the head of the Ku Klux Klan. It's like, <laughs> how weird is that? Like, <laughs> Topher Grace from that 70s show is the head of the Ku Klux Klan, but he does it really well. Um, you know, the pacing of the story is good. Uh, the plot is good. The dialogue's excellent. Um, it's funny when it needs to be, uh, and it's serious when it needs to be. So it, it, you know, it was a really, really good experience. And as I said, Spike Lee just, it just feels like he's back now, um, mm. which is great. So I hope this is, you know, the the start of him rediscovering him himself again as a filmmaker. Because yeah, this is a really, really top notch movie, and definitely one worth checking out when it comes out on uh, video on demand. Um, what else is there? Uh, there is Mary Poppins Returns, which I saw towards the end of the year. That was great. Um, although I will say, uh, if you're not a fan of Disney musicals, then you're kind of wasting your time with, <laughs> with Mary Poppins Returns because it's a very, very, very Disney musical. But, um, if you're into that, then you'll love Mary Poppins Returns. Um, Emily Blunt is sensational as, as Mary Poppins. She really is like, I would never have thought I would have seen a Mary Poppins sequel without Judy Andrews and completely forget that, that Judy Andrews is so synonymous with the character because the lead actress is so good. But um, yeah, she's just incredible in, in this. Um, her performance alone is is worth the admission fee. So yeah, definitely go and check out Mary Poppins Returns. Um, what else is there? Oh, another film with Emily Blunt that I enjoyed, A Quiet Place. Um, I mean, that film's been talked to death, so I'm not really going to say much more or add anything because you've probably heard it all before. But um, A Quiet Place is definitely a movie worth checking out. Um, there was also Cree 2, um, which I enjoyed immensely um it's really a movie that that kind of carries on with the tradition that was laid down in in the first creed movie and you know when i heard ryan coogler had left the production and he wasn't going to be directing this one i was a bit worried but um stephen capel jr does a brilliant job with this so yeah you know there's really nothing to worry about at all um what surprised me with creed 2 was was how how much the story made time for family um, in a sense that, you know, the, the, the story is effectively about families and about family dynamics and how, you know, how much of a, of a, I guess a responsibility do you have to your families, both past and, and present and future. And, um, you know, what should you be doing to, to shape the, the lives of, of, of your families going forward? Um, and it, it kind of juxtaposes, you know, um, Adonis Creed and, and what's going on with him and his life with, um, the, the son of Ivan Drago, Victor Drago, and, you know, the relationship that he has with his father and his estranged mother and, and kind of how those two parallels kind of drive them towards this inevitable conflict that they're going to have. Um, and yeah, the, the, the movie is just like really, really good, really good. I mean, load, again, loads of standout performances in that. Um, and it's, you know, it's actually made me interested in in the Creed franchise. I'm, I'm now interested in seeing a third Creed movie. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was a good one. Um, what else was there? A uh, couple of quick shout outs. Annihilation, I thought, was was a really interesting film. Um I felt it was at times it, I, I found it um, a little bit pretentious, but I suppose 
to be fair to uh, Annihilation, it, it's the kind of movie that's dealing with big ideas and big themes. Um, and I suppose when you know you're being that ambitious in your storytelling, then you are going to come off a little bit pretentious at times. So I can accept that. And again, the performances were were fantastic throughout um, Annihilation. Uh, so I enjoyed that. So I would say, yeah, it's worth checking out. As I said, the story is really genuinely interesting. Um, and Alex Garland, the, the, the guy who wrote it and directed it, usually does very interesting things um, with sci-fi. If you've seen Ex Machina um, before, then, you know, or if you've seen Sunshine, which he wrote, um, you know, they're, they're all really impressive um stories and, and there's lots of as I said big ideas that he approaches with his story so it's worth checking out on on that basis um and i think that's it apart from well no i'll leave the last movie to you rich um because i think we both consider this to be our our movie of the year for Ooh. for this year um it came out very late in the day um it definitely stole a march on everything else that that came out um and i think we're both hooked so rich tell the people what our movie of the year is man spider-man into the spider-verse hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow what a damn movie man like i think both of us have said listeners you know we you know because the movie came out so late in the day where none of us really were expecting what we got from into the spider-verse yeah. which was just oh sensational sensational rich i'm gonna i'm gonna let you run wild on this one man because I, I can't even like i'm t i'm swapping places with you i'll get too emotional so you talk <laughs> about it like because i think you could be a more cool ahead when you talk about it so so yeah <laughs> into well, the well, spider-verse well it's funny because i remember we spoke about the when the the first teaser trailer was released mm. and i wasn't sold mm. i wasn't sold in the animation I mean, everything else I was kind of sold on. And I was like, yeah, you know, generally th it, this thing, it can work. Um, but we'll see when it comes out. And I'm going to put Into the Spider-Verse with a handful of films that I can say that I've gone into the cinema thinking that this might be good. And then leaving the cinema and going like, I didn't know it was going to be that fucking good. So... I can tell you films that this has happened to me before. The Incredibles, the first one, right? Um, Ron Burgundy, Anchorman. Uh, what's the what's the boxing film with um, uh, uh, Clint Eastwood and um, the woman who won the Oscar? Oh, Million Dollar Baby. Million Dollar Baby, and The Matrix. Those are four films off the top of my head where I knew they might be good, but I didn't know they were going to be that good. So that's four, and this fifth one into the spider-verse is like same thing like i love seeing i love seeing films like this i love seeing films that just remind me why i love cinema so much and this was it i took my i took my son to go and see it and he's now like you know he's he's now into spider-man i'm not trying to push him into into liking all of this stuff i mean he does know that he's got a time limit that if he doesn't like all of this stuff then I'm gonna, you know, send it to an orphanage. But <laughs> everyone has a choice. Let's just say I'm not pushing him into liking it. But um, but he loves it. I mean, he walks around just humming that the post Malone song as well and stuff like that. Um, but I just didn't know it was gonna be that good. And everything was just perfectly done. The amount of characters that they juggled and but didn't feel I mean, there was maybe one or two that maybe felt slightly sidelined, but they still had their moments to shine. The animation was amazing. It was like watching a real, it was like watching a, 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 an animated comic book. 
but but not throwing you off um the voice acting was was you know was was amazing as well the soundtrack oh my god the soundtrack we've been blessed with two amazing soundtracks this year beginning of the year with black panther um and then just basically spider-man into the spider-verse um it just has its the film and the music and everything in it just has its finger on the pulse of everything which is just so fucking cool today um so much so that anybody can anybody can go and watch it. I, I don't see why why anybody can't go and watch it. I think it won it won an awards not like literally. I think like last week or something like that. In it regards, did, yeah. In regards, it was it's it, been it, cleaning like, up. Yeah, it's been cleaning up at the awards. Yeah, like it, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's about yeah. I, I I don't I don't see why not. It 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 does everything so right. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't even try to down it doesn't try to downplay that it's an animation maybe just for kids. You know it it does something that Pixar do really well and don't be fooled by what you're seeing on the screen there's still a story that is being told and it doesn't matter where you're from you're going to enjoy this story and some parts of this story are going to hit you and some parts of the story are going to make you feel happy and and I, and I think that's the best way to the best way to describe it um I think the most amazing thing about Into the Spider-Verse for me was that it managed to take a peter well to take a spider-man that was kind of frowned upon by certain people and mm. pushed it to the forefront and i think anybody that watched this film and wasn't won over by basically mars morales then you have no soul and he should go and jump into the same volcano that they threw that ring into at the end of the lord of the rings <laughs> um, and and i think it's one of those things it's it's a perfect swan song to the end of the year in not only the story but also it's a nice top off for the passing of stan lee um because it, it just makes references to like the reason why marvel comics are just so good at what they do and and literally and the, you know the, there were parts of the film that, that brought tears to my eyes man it, it was such a good film such a good film mm -hmm. That's got to be Stanley's best cameo as well. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Like, it's just brilliant. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Well, listeners, you heard it there from Rich, man. I mean, if you haven't seen Into the Spider Verse yet, um, pull your finger out and, and go and see it because it's it's bloody amazing. It really is. Like, you know, believe the hype on this one. It's it it really is that good. Um, I mean, Phil Lord and Chris Miller have, have done it unbelievable job but it's not just them it's you know as richard said it's the animators it's the people who worked on the soundtrack it's the voice cast it's the script is everything like it, it just it's amazing you know it's amazing i never would have believed that you know and i remember saying this to um the the man geek um you know i never would have believed you could have a spider-man movie that had so many spider men and women in the story juggle all of those characters handle all of their backstory and and all of that um and still not feel like it's been rushed or forced in any way like it all made perfect sense like it, it just you know it, it really is brilliant absolutely brilliant and it can be you know the the key test of of any of these types of movies, animated movies for me is if an adult can get as much out of it as a child can. Um, and the fact that, you know, when I went to go and see the movie, like, oh, 
60 70 percent of the audience was adults um you know there was only like a small number of kids there um and i went to a daytime showing um there really wasn't that many kids it was mostly adults who'd, who'd gone to go and see it mm. um you know the, the the fact that you have so many adults who, who enjoy it tells you that you know there's a lot of depth to to this movie so yeah man that's i'm happy to go with that as, as movie of the year i'm i'm down with that <laughs> totally down with that <laughs> yeah so yeah i said listeners make sure you go and check out into the uh, spider-verse if you haven't seen that now um quickly we'll do some of our tv highlights as well um rich you felt i threw you under the bus last time so i'll go first um it doesn't work that way yourself. you're not throwing yourself under the bus right? <laughs> i am i am i look i'm throwing no, no, myself no, under no, the no, bus no. i choose you to go next that's throwing you under the bus <laughs> <laughs> okay well um as said i mean tv the again the, there hasn't been like huge amounts of tv i've been able to watch this year um but there, it feels like there's been loads of stuff um you know, I'm not going to talk too much about the Netflix Marvel stuff because um, I suspect Rich might want to have a, his say on that. And, um, you know, you've you've heard what we kind of what we had to say about a lot of that anyway on, on the podcast. But um, instead, I'm going to pick out like two shows that I think maybe people might not have seen who listen to this podcast. Um, one of those is a show I've been talking about since I first saw it in the summer um, on Netflix, and that's called Ghoul. Um, it is an Indian uh, miniseries, really, rather than a TV show, because it's only about like four episodes long. But um, it's a horror um, series, and it's based around um, sort of Indian slash Islamic mythology. Um, and it's about kind of um, demons and demonic possession. And it all takes place in a prison for the criminally insane. And it's just, yeah, it's... it's is really good, really, really good. It was way beyond what I expected it to be when when I clicked play on it. Um, Ghoul is definitely something you you got to check out, man, um, because you know it's not often we get to see movies and TV shows from other parts of the world um, that are not you know France or Germany or you know somewhere in Western Europe. Um, we don't really get to see TV shows from from the east um and it's nice to to have an opportunity to to see something and for it to be that enjoyable as well um so ghoul is definitely something you need to check out um it's got a terrific lead in um radhika apto as well um who's quite well known in in indian cinema but um probably not as well known outside of there but she's really good as as the lead actress in that um and i'm going to pick another um tv show that was led by by women um, and that's Killing Eve from the, the BBC. Um, I stumbled across this again around the summertime um, because my wife had started watching it. And um, the show just blew me away, man. I was like, again, it was completely not what I expected. Um, it was, you know, it was gritty, but it was really, really funny in a darkly kind of humorous way. Um, the lead actors in it are just, mind-blowingly good i was like holy hell like this is this is so good and then when i researched it and i realized that it was um phoebe waller bridge who uh, uh bridge who who wrote it who's um 
She plays uh, the lead actress in Fleabag. She she wrote that that show herself. Um, but those of you who who might know her better would know her as the robot in Solo. So um, in the Star Wars movie, uh, Star Wars Story Solo, um, she does the voice of, of the robot in that. But she's the one who who um, wrote Killing Eve as well. And it's for those of you that don't know, because I'm, I imagine there's a lot of Americans listening who probably never heard of it. There's um, it's basically about a, a Russian uh, spy assassin, I guess you would say, Rich. Like yeah, she, yeah. she's kind of like a spy assassin, and um, but. Yeah, a top assassin, um, but basically not one that's sanctioned by the Russian government. It's almost like there's this kind of this outside organization outside of the Russian government who are trying to enact this this plan, this kind of new world order plan, really, to to take control of the, of the planet by controlling the, the key resources. Um, and this assassin is, is someone who's kind of sent to remove high profile targets within different uh, countries and, and things like that um and she kind of blends into to wherever um, whatever environment she's in and um she starts to get hunted down by a, an investigator from um british intelligence um and it just becomes this kind of cat and mouse uh between the two of them you know which is just plays out in a brilliant brilliant way man um so yeah i mean it's just oh killing eve man he's great <laughs> really really great as said it's one of the it was one of the surprise packages for me um this year and rich i know you loved it as well man so you yeah, can yeah. say a piece on that as well if you want to say so no no you, you've covered it man like like i literally it was just like you said to me it was it was that balance of realism and dark humor and i was just like yeah this is this is you know, it's like this is fucked up, but I love it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or like, stop it, I like it. <laughs> it was literally like that. Yeah, such such a good show because you put me onto that show, Jay. Mm. So um, yeah, so so thank you for that, man. I'm gonna be like, yeah, yeah. I can't I can't wait for season two. Simple as that. Mm. Yeah, she was. Yeah, it's it's amazing, amazing. Uh, so it's Jodie Cormer. Sorry, I, I couldn't remember her name, but Jodie Cormer is is. Um, is the person who plays the assassin Villanelle um, and Sandra O oh from um, uh, Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, Grey's Anatomy and Sideways and, yeah. and loads of other stuff. Um, she's Eve in the show and she's like really just great. And again, I mean, I know both of us are, are happy that, that she's having some success um, now as well because again, she's just been so good for so long. She's been grinding, man. Yeah, yeah, right. for, for years. Um, but yeah, man, like Killing Eve was was a wicked, wicked show. Um, you know, for me, like a lot of people in Britain were talking about The Bodyguard. Um, I watched it, thought it was okay, and then it did something really stupid and racist at the end, and it pissed me off. Oh, sure. um, so I didn't I like. I wasn't it. a fan of it. I tried to watch it, and I was like, Yeah, yeah it pissed yeah. me off. I was, and I was like, Why is, is everybody so excited about this show? It's it's not that fucking good. Um, personally, if it's it, listeners, if you want our recommendation for it, forget the Bodyguard. Watch Killing Eve. It's a lot more fun um, than the Bodyguard, and it's just better. It's just better. It's better written. The dialogue's better. The characters are better. Um, yeah, just just. Go and watch Killing Eve. Do yourself a favor, man. Um, oops, sorry, my alarm's just gone off. Then, 
Um, but yeah, yeah, that, those would be my TV show uh, recommendations or, or the the things that I would say you guys should go and watch. Um, I think both of those are available on BBC America. Yeah, I think they're on BBC yeah. America for for those of you in America who are listening, um, especially Killing Eve. They cancel it after a while, don't they? Yeah, yeah. The the problem is Americans. The BBC likes to get rid of of lots of their programs from their online streaming services because they they don't pay for bandwidth. Um, so yeah, they 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 don't really have the capability to store a lot of um, a lot of programs and, and things like that, but you should be able to find it on BBC America, I reckon. Um, so yeah, you can go check that out. Um, Rich, what about your TV shows, man? My TV shows for this year or for last year? Sorry, it is quarter to eleven right now. So that, was, <laughs> that wasn't because I was bored; it's because I'm lying down um, and I'm tired. Uh, TV shows for last year first. Voltron, I've been talking about this show like from season one. Voltron is easily one of the only shows that I can say season after season has never disappointed. Last season, uh, which was which was the eighth season, which was the eighth season, it did feel slightly dragged out and a bit uh, dragged out a bit, and I think that's because. Netflix actually wanted to add an eighth season. It was actually meant, I think it was actually meant to end on seven seasons. So part bits and pieces of it did feel a bit dragged out, but it was, it was just an amazing show. And it's one of those things where I remember they, I think they announced that um, the eighth season was going to be the final season. And this was like season six. And I was dreading it coming up then. I was like, but we've got two seasons left, but like two seasons is pretty good. That's what at least maybe let's say at least, at least 18 episodes but that means it's going to be over and i haven't finished this season that i'm watching right now which is being released so technically i've got close to like my maths isn't good 20 something plus episodes nearly 30 episodes um and it was a nice swan song to a show that's been running for a good couple of years um and i and i and i think it deserves all the credit that people have been giving it um number one it deals with quite a few themes i mean it doesn't go into too much depth but it does touch upon race ever so slightly it does touch upon once again um you know uh sexual activity or, or should i say uh how you choose and who you choose to love doesn't really make doesn't really make any form of difference um but it, there's a reason why netflix was putting voltron out as one of as one of its flagship shows because everything was just perfect about it from season one to this last season that just aired last year um the writing the animation everything was everything was just on point and i'm and i'm actually kind of a bit bit upset because i don't think there's anything out there right now that can replace a show like voltron um in regards to say like you know an anime like that um if anybody doesn't know what voltron is it's basically it's just a reboot of the famous 1980s uh, Japanese animation uh, in which it, there's five guardians are given uh, control of five uh, massive gigantic robotic lions which uh, can fight evil independently but if need be they can form together to form to form a basically a giant robot called Voltron so imagine like an, an animated version of the Power Rangers but um, I wouldn't even say better because Power Rangers as far as I'm concerned is a really good show and anybody who disagrees 
holler at us and uh, we can have a debate about it and by the end of it you will be converted um but yeah so my first show uh, is voltron second show for last year um jay you know i'm surprised you didn't pick this but somehow i think you knew that i might pick it anyway that's why you didn't pick it so damn you for those mind games um <laughs> it's gonna be daredevil season three mm. and once again an another netflix original um which basically was a nice swan song to a an amazingly well-written show which unfortunately only had three seasons uh due to whatever politics is happening between marvel studios and um and netflix themselves um but once again it was uh you know a show based around a particular genre which throws everything on its head but still manages to stay on the path and i was really really impressed with this third season of, of daredevil um we finally got to see him face against somebody that see him facing against somebody that that put him on the back foot and once again explored the character of matt murdoch and the character of daredevil which is one of the reasons why daredevil was such a good show in the first place and one of the reasons why we you know everybody and their grandmother was so surprised when the, when the show got cancelled um when other shows from that m you know marvel universe and netflix you know got given second chances but let's not get into that because I'm going to start mentioning names. I'm going to and I'm going to start getting pissed off. But um, yeah. But my other show uh, for for 2018, Daredevil. Once again, perfect writing, perfect acting, um, perfect goddamn martial arts choreography. Just some amazingness that was just put on screen. Stuff that I saw, stuff that we've seen on screen, um, that hasn't been bettered by films that have like massive budgets. Um, so yeah, so anybody who hasn't seen Daredevil season three, go and watch it. Anybody that hasn't seen Daredevil or Voltron in general, go and watch the seasons um, because you you know you're now going to be privy to a, a, you know a whole show that has a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. So yeah, those are my two those are my two shows, my two standout shows for 2018. Cool, cool man. Thank you for that, bro. Um, yeah, I was giving you the 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 baton to run with on daredevil um but also just because you know i wanted to talk about like some stuff that that people might not necessarily have seen so you know i wanted to kind of signal boost some of the 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 shows that i really enjoyed that perhaps um might have flown a bit under the radar for some people but but no man i, I feel exactly the same way you do about daredevil season three um it's definitely a fitting end to to that show um and we'll be sad to see it go man for sure mm. all right um did you want to mention any like comic books that you enjoyed this year um black panther has had a bit of a decent run this year uh it was it was it was rebooted again uh with uh still the same writer um tennessee Coates, which i'm you know i'm, I'm a bit it's still good but the way how he writes it's almost like I'm waiting for it to start to take a bit of a dip, but so far it's been really good. And this first story arc is a lot stronger than the story arc that came before, um, before the reboot. Um, they've they've got an amazing artist on it, Dan Daniel Acuna. Um, oh, just, I love Daniel Acuna. Yeah, just, just, yeah, just beautiful art, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, he he. Um, I mean, listeners out there, me and Jay have have a list of people that 
of artists that we want to go out and get you know commissions done by and daniel daniel kuna is very very high on that list mm. um so that's a really really good comic book um my highlight comic book of the year for 2018 old man hawkeye so basically old man hawkeye was set in the same universe as the old man logan story um which i'm actually quite surprised because old man logan did it, it did quite well but and it's kind of like the basis of what the film Logan was was based on, but not a lot of people I know who read comic books have actually read Old Man Logan, and I was I was just that's ridiculously surprised. I mean, Old Man Logan or the Old Man Logan universe um, has a lot more history behind it, um, especially com you know you know when compared to the Logan movie. Uh, but basically, Old Man Hawkeye is basically just you know is about Hawkeye living in the same universe as. Um, as uh, as old man logan and it takes place five years before the old man logan story and it's just like a lead up uh, of how hawkeye becomes who he is when you do meet him in the old man logan story um I, it sounds like i'm repeating myself and it's basically because i actually don't want to spoil anything um because it's just a really 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 good storyline and it takes who I consider to be a really undersold character. Hawkeye is a really, really good character, especially when he's dealt with in the right hands. Um, and I think they, I think they, they should really just try and market him a lot more because he, he he clearly has a really, really good fan, a really, really strong fan base. Um, but coming off the back of Old Man Hawkeye doing so well, they're now coming out with this year with um, a third story arc set in Old Man Hawkeye in Old Man Logan universe called Old Man Quill or Old Man Star-Lord. So this is now basically going to be set in the same universe, but um, on the space side of things with an old version of, of, of Peter Quill. Um, so yeah, but I mean, we'll talk about that when it comes out. But for comic books, definitely go and pick up the Black Panther run because it's it's really, really good. Um, uh, really good writing, really good art, um, nice take on Afrofuturism. Uh, then go pick up Old Man Hawkeye. Because, um, I mean, who doesn't like alternate, alternate universes where you can see things slightly ever so fucked up? So, yeah. Those are my two. Cool. Thank you very much, bro. Um, as always, uh, you know, with having positives and, and lots of good things to, to celebrate, unfortunately, there were some things that were kind of negative and, yeah, we don't really like too much. But... Um, you know, this year I've decided that I, I don't really want to spend a whole heap of time trashing stuff because, you know, first of all, I said I've talked about a lot of these things already in previous podcasts. And secondly, I just don't like the energy. So, you know, these are some of the, the, the worst, quote unquote, worst, you know, negative, least enjoyable things from 2018 um i don't know if you've got any that you want to add rich but um i mean i'm not even going to go too tough into detail i'm just going to list them for people so in terms of movies that i didn't like um jurassic world fallen kingdom i don't know why i spent money on jurassic world fallen kingdom um i don't know why i keep spending money on jurassic world movies <laughs> they're, they're just they're terrible um ready player one was a massive disappointment to me um especially because 
you know, I felt like people really hyped that film to the moon and back. And when I watched it, it just felt like somebody was going nostalgia, 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 and throwing it in my face constantly without actually having a story that felt original or characters that I cared about. So yeah, Ready Player One did nothing for me. Um, the Predator, I've said enough about The Predator. Uh, I really don't want to go into The Predator again. Um, Venom, yuck. Uh, Mile 22, which just uh, has to be the, the worst action film of the year. Um even worse than the predator simply because it creates the card it, it commits the cardinal sin of having eco waste in the movie and giving him one action scene like why would you do that <laughs> like why? why why would you do that sounds like some sounds like some bullshit to me <laughs> uh, exactly that mate so yeah those were the the movies that i enjoyed the least this year um and for TV, there was really only one thing I saw on TV that really pissed me off. And that was House of Cards, the final season, because, um, you know, House of Cards, I'd been a loyal fan of um, from its inception. Um, and, you know, I was looking forward to Claire Underwood becoming president and, you know, watching how the, the, the game kind of finally unfolds and unravels. And instead, what we got in that final season was something that just rambled and rambled and rambled. And then the plot got more and more and more ridiculous to the point where I think the final two episodes, I was just like, you know what? I've had enough. It like, just end it. Like <laughs> this is, this is actually where this story needs to end now because it, it, it's, it's become too ridiculous to the point where I can't buy into it anymore. It's, it's too ridiculous now. Um, so yeah, that was a disappointment for me because I had been looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, let, I felt like it let me down, to be honest. Um, Rich, is there anything you negative you want to get off your chest before we close the book on 2018? Um, Ready Player One is, is another one that, that, I, that I wasn't a fan of. Um, and to be fair, I, I wasn't a big fan of the book either. I think I've only, I've only met one... No, I've only met two people that have been fans of the book. And when we've discussed why they did enjoy the book, it's made perfect sense. But then I think that everyone else who I know who's read the book um, and enjoyed it, I, I don't think it's, it's been like, a, it's, it's been, uh, you know, like a strong enough reason. I mean, obviously that's in my opinion, we're the same way they have their opinion. That's the reason why they enjoyed the book. And I felt, it was the same thing for the movie. And I, and I have to agree with you and Jay, it, with you in that point, Jay, where it was just felt like, oh, nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. And I was just like, yeah, you, you, you literally just wasted my, you, I felt like I was wasting my time, to be honest. Mm. I, I felt like I was wasting my time. And to be brutally truthful, I didn't finish the movie. Mm. I couldn't, I couldn't finish it. I couldn't finish the movie because the movie wasn't bringing anything new to the table for me to a book that I didn't enjoy. Now, some people may say that, you know, that means, you've, I've, you know, I went into the film, you know, like, you know, just already not, you know, already with my mind made up saying I wasn't going to enjoy it. That That's, that's nonsense. Uh, the original book version of Starship Troopers is not an enjoyable book, but the take that they, that they do on Starship Troopers, the movie by Paul Verhoeven is an amazing concept for the film. So, you know, so th th there's an argument there. 
So it wasn't that I went into it not wanting to like it. I just felt, you know, it, it just didn't do anything for me. Um, and so, yes, that, that was a disappointment um, for me there. Um, for TV show, Iron Fist season two. Mm. Um, Iron Fist season two. I mean, the reason why it was such a disappointment is because after all of the mistakes and problems that they had on season one, you could see that they tried to fix it, but it it still wasn't enough. Mm. Yeah, And to me, it's upsetting because it just hammered home that the mistakes they made in the first season, whoever commissioned the show or whoever was headlining the show clearly didn't give, excuse my language, a flying fuck about the the source material and i just saw that as a big disrespect um just just for the simple fact you know like me and jay we love our martial arts um you know we've, we've got a friend who runs a martial arts um podcast jeff uh kung fu driving podcast go check it out um he speaks to quite a lot of you know um the people in the martial arts world whether it be professional um you know competitions or people who people who delve in stunts and for a show that's based around a martial arts character, I think it, it generally made some people in that industry look bad. So there's that there's that aspect of it. And then the way how the character, which has been around for X amount of years and has quite, you know, you know, quite quite a strong fan base, was just, you know, wasn't really they didn't really try to do anything with a character in, in fact every everything was just one big clusterfuck um and i felt that once again that I, I wasted 10 hours of my life um watching watching the second season and i'm not gonna even try and say that they didn't rep they didn't try to rectify any of the problems it's just a thing of that i think it, it, it was it wasn't enough and and, mm. and that's that's just really disappointing especially when you look at some of the other shows that are included in that that Marvel Netflix universe, mm. it, you know, it, it's pretty much simple. What you need to do, just just stick to that formula. I mean, the MCU have been doing it for ten years with like twenty one films. You've only got four shows. You know, just stick to that formula and make it work. Mm. So, um, so, so that that was that was that was a disappointment because um, yeah. they sold me dreams on that. On for the second for the trailers for the second season, they sold me dreams. But um, you know, unfortunately, you can't have everything. You can't have everything that you want. So yeah. Or everything that you wish for, should I say? Yeah, yeah. With Iron Fist season two, it was a case of too little, too late. And yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. And I think that's that's pretty much all we need to say on that one. Because <laughs> again, uh, as said, listeners, we've we've covered plenty of ground with um, Iron Fist on previous podcasts. So you know, feel free to dip back into those and and have a listen if you if you want to get more in depth. Uh, oh, brain, brain, um, brain, um, brain flash, brain flash. Wow, I really, I'm tired. Light bulb. The thing in my head, idea, um, <laughs> brain fart. That's it. Okay, cool. So we didn't like Iron Fist, right? And I mean, not that we're trying to bash anybody, but we think that maybe one of the reasons being was, you know, maybe just the main character being played by a particular person. Can you agree with me on that, Jay? Um, I wouldn't say they were necessarily the main problem, but problem, but I... they were a problem. But they were part of the problem, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, one of the reasons that you didn't like the bodyguard was it just for the problems that you said, or was it for? Could it also be the main character as well? 
was that the main character a problem? Um, that was no. the main character in in the Bodyguard. No, I, w- I wouldn't say it was the main character. I mean, I the the main character played by Richard Madden, who you would know from Game of Thrones, listeners. Um, he was his character was killed in the Red Wedding. Um, he's he's fine. I mean, he, he's good in terms of that his character is written as a soldier from uh, with PTSD who's who's served in Afghanistan and um, he comes off very cold and conflicted and I I guess what they were trying to show with that character is how um, you know that kind of experience impacts on on everything that you do in life um, and I felt he was fine with it. Uh, it was more kind of what the the storyline choices that that they made. Um, that that pissed me off really with the bodyguard, um, and it was also the fact that it just was so predictable in the end. Like it just became, like oh really? Like that's what you're going to go with? Um, you know, like every other fucking TV sh- jingoistic fucking TV show and movie that that wants to demonize a, a certain set of people and their culture and their religion. You know, it, it it just it just annoyed me. They had the opportunity to do something really different and go really left field with with the story i'm sorry i'm trying not to give away too much detail to to spoil it for people who who haven't seen the bodyguard who do want to see it but you know there's a certain point in the story where they have an opportunity to actually do something interesting and they choose not to do that and go down the cliched route and i think that's really what got to me even more so than the character the character is difficult to empathize with that that's true but yeah, it's probably more what what they chose to do um, with the plot, really. Okay. Well, you just shot all over my theory where you know, <laughs> Finn Jones was in Iron Fist, Richard, um, um, and he was also in Game of Thrones. Uh, Richard Madden was also in Game of Thrones. Could it be a Game of Thrones curse? Yeah, but, Game of Thrones curse. Yeah, okay, but, I got you. No, yeah, obviously yeah. not. So let's just fucking round it up then, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you never know. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens with um, Game of Thrones this season, isn't it? Because we've we've got Game of Thrones coming up in 2019, and I guess that transitions us nicely into uh, some of the things we're looking forward to from 2019. Yeah. Um, so again, we'll, we'll I'm really going to keep this brief because we are running out of time here. So. Um, you know, but Game of Thrones is returning for its final season in in 2019. That will be a highlight. Um, no doubt. So, yep, we'll definitely be looking forward to that. Um, for me, some of the things I'm I'm looking forward to in 2019 that aren't Avengers Endgame, because obviously we're all looking forward to Avengers Endgame. That goes without saying. Um, but for me, I guess the biggest things I'm looking forward to movies-wise is uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, can't oh, wait yeah. to see that. Um, Lion King, the live-action Lion King I'm looking forward to. Um, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Um, it chapter two, uh, Spider Man Far From Home. Um, and I've got this one circled because I'm <laughs> because I don't know how I feel about this franchise at the moment. But Star Wars Episode Nine, of course, is oh, um, Lord. is rounding out this year. Um, and yeah, I said I don't know how I feel about the franchise at the moment after Solo, but um. Yeah, you know, I, I guess it is something I'm I'm going to end up going to see because I mean, I mean, who am I kidding? I'm I'm going to go see it. So, you know, um, yeah, it is what it is. But um, Rich, how about you for movies? Anything that that kind of stands out that we haven't mentioned? I mean, there's a trailer that we saw today that might be high up on your list. John 
Wick three. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's what. That's what. That's what. That's what. Like John, fuck. Listen, John. Me and Jay, we watched it today at work. Listeners, you know, you, you know already that me and Jason work together. Uh, I've recently got a promotion, and for the moment, I've actually been sitting next to Jason. I'm sure I know the hell out of him, but you know it. It's been since 16. He's used to it, so I don't really don't give a damn. But <laughs> the excitement when we both watched this trailer, yeah, it was peak. <laughs> it was peak. <laughs> like I haven't felt excited by a trailer like this, maybe since Avengers: Infinity War. But only the bit where see the the whole Avengers: Infinity War trailer was good for me, but is when it's the Yibambe bit. That's that's what gets me. Yibambe. And the Black Panther trailer was, was good as well, you know, when you start seeing different parts of Africa. But this film, I mean, this trailer, like, the, the music, like, the like the thing is, we know what we're getting with, with John Wick. And they just said, like, okay, listen, you know what you're getting. Uh, so, you know, this is what you're going to see. Boom, here you go. Is a continuation from part two. And that's enough. Like, yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm, uh, oh man, I'm super excited for this film. Like, ridiculously. I'm even contemplating, I'm at some point in the new year, which is what we're now ready. I'm contemplating moving into a, 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 taking up a new martial arts, so martial arts style. And I'm contemplating doing a little bit of a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu just to say, you know, just to say that I've done it. Um, and, and, and John Wick, I, I have to admit, is easily one of the reasons why. I would do that. So this this would actually be the second time in my life that Keanu Reeves has been one of the influences for me to go and take up martial arts. The first time being um, when me and Jason and, a, and an old school friend of ours called David went to go see The Matrix. So um, yeah, for the, for 2019, looking forward to um, um, movie. Looking forward to John McThee Parabellum easily. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. No doubt, man. No doubt. And no doubt you guys are excited about that as well. Uh, we would definitely be all over that movie when that comes out. We'll have a review up on the channel. Um, I'm, I have no doubt we'll be chatting about it on social media as well. So, so make sure you're following us up on, on the socials as well to stay in tune with that. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, 2019, there's so much good stuff to, to look forward to. Um, let us know what you're looking forward to as well, because, I mean, we definitely want to hear from you listeners. So, you know, let, give us your input and let us know about the things that you're excited for for 2019. Um, now, speaking of our listeners, we we love to get our listeners involved with the show, as, as you know, for those of you who, who've listened to us before. Um, so we had a, a question that we put out to everybody. Um, the question was pretty simple. It was, you know, what have been your favorite sort of movie, TV, and gaming highlights or moments from 2018? Um, and we got a few interesting responses as well, which is cool. So I'll just share some of these with you now. Um, so on Twitter, uh, as Richard mentioned his podcast earlier, um, Jeff from the Kung Fu Driving podcast said that his favorite movie of the year was uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse um, because it was just such a revelation. Um, but he also said that it was a close fight between that and a movie that I'm surprised he didn't mention, Rich, uh, The Night Comes for Us, um, which, um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, is, is, yeah. A, is a phenomenal movie. No, no, but it was a movie on Netflix and I only chose two movies and then two TV shows. That's the only reason I didn't mention that. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so you. <laughs> <laughs> don't be mad at Jeff just because he got in there before you. <laughs> <laughs> you back, Jeff. 
Um, his favorite TV show of the year was Haunting of Hill House, which I haven't even seen yet, which is why I never mentioned it. Um, people have been going on and on and on about the Haunting of Hill House, and I need to watch it. So, um, yeah, that, that's definitely another thing that that's going to get added to the list. Um, but yeah, thanks for that, Jeff. Uh, so appreciate that. His Kung Fu, his uh, podcast is called the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. So make sure you go and check that out. Um, we also heard from um, our boys from Hashtag Blackout Podcast as well, uh, Jared and Jay. A big shout out to them. Um, uh, Jay said that his favorite movie moment was um or oh, moments was all the fight scenes in the night come for us um, <laughs> so many broken blowns so much blood so much unexpected joy to my heart um says jay uh and then jared says um toughy for me obviously loved uh wakanda forever and the amazing new into the spider-verse movie but one of my favorite moments comes from in rockstar games red dead redemption 2 when you can kill the ku klux klan there's three different instances of that and I killed him three times. <laughs> um, yeah, I've heard about that in Red Dead Redemption 2, that you can apparently hunt down the, the clan and, and kill them, um, which must be satisfying as hell. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I feel you on that one, Jared. I feel you. Um, thank you also to Verbal Diorama. Um, she said that uh, this is tough. Infinity War gave me all the feels, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was an unexpected joy. But my favorite moment was seeing Captain Marvel symbol on Fury's pager. Although we knew that she was coming, she's coming to save humanity. And as a woman, seeing that will be awesome. Um, which, yep, I agree with that. Um, we're looking forward to Captain Marvel as well here. So, yeah, that's all good. Um, and Josiah from Twitter said, uh, seeing Infinity War open opening night with a packed theater, um, which I think is what I did as well, actually, when Infinity War came out. Um, yeah, it was a pretty packed theater. And um, yeah, that was an amazing experience as well. Um, and lastly, uh, J30 Productions on Instagram said, uh, Spider-Man's PS4 release um, has been playing the game um, from release day till now and is not tired of it yet. So yeah, Spider yeah, we didn't even mention that really, Spider-Man on PS4, but yeah, yeah, that was a big thing that came out this so much happened this year, bro. Like, <laughs> there's too much. <laughs> you need to slow down. There's too much. We're we're getting old. We can't cope with all of this, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, that was it. Thank you very much, listeners, for getting involved with that. And um, as I said, if you'd like to get involved in our questions of the week, then make sure you're following us on social media. That will be um, when you get to find out what the question of the week is and how you can get involved. Um, now, we are going to have to wrap this one up, I think, because we've been going for quite a while. Um, before we go, though, um, I'd like to say a, a big thank you once again to everybody who listened to us in 2018. And please keep riding with us in 2019. Um, we now have, along with this podcast, we have the Bebop Rewatch. For those of you who don't know what that is, that is me and Rich sitting down usually with a guest or sometimes with a guest and examining um, each episode of the seminal anime series Cowboy Bebop. Um, that's going to be even more relevant and you're going to hear a lot more about that that name Cowboy Bebop in 2019 because Netflix is throwing their weight behind a live action um, TV show version of, of that anime series and, and we're super excited for it so 
Um, if you want to swat up on your Cowboy Bebop knowledge, make sure you check out the Bebop Rewatch podcast with me and Rich. Um, we usually record it on a Sunday night and it's usually out on a Monday. Um, and we'll be beginning again this Sunday. So, um, yeah, make sure you check that out. Uh, we'll also be doing uh, a new podcast where we'll be talking about um, some movies that we love from, um, you know, our, our formative years and our childhood that are perhaps a little bit underappreciated and don't get talked about so much anymore. Um, the first movie we'll be looking at is Long Kiss Goodnight. Um, I'm not sure when we're going to get down to recording that, to be honest with you. But um, again, if you want to know when we'll be doing that, um, make sure you follow us on social media uh, and you'll find out exactly how. Um, now we're going to get ready to say goodbye. Um, but before we go as well, make sure that you stick around at the end of the podcast, because we actually have a very special segment that we're introducing, um, which is from a friend of ours, Marquita, AKA yellow rage attacks. Um, she was a guest on our show this year and she was a fantastic guest. Um, and she's very graciously agreed to do, um, an anime spot for us once a month. Um, what you're about to hear will be the first of her anime spots and it will be her thoughts on the best animes of the year of 2018 and all of the animes that she thinks you should be checking out in 2019. If you're an anime fan, that is a must listen. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, but Rich, it's time for us to go, man. So Rich, say goodnight. Goodnight. And it's a good night from me. Um, and here is Marquita and we'll see you next week. Peace. My top picks for 2018 are Cells at Work, which is which is a think how my body works Japanese style. The main character is a red blood cell number 1803 and she has a poor sense of direction. Because of this, she's always ending up getting lost trying to deliver her packages, so her oxygen, her CO2 and her food and ends up in crazy situations situations along the way. Uh, this so following this line it introduces us to different cells within the body because she's always getting into trouble each episode has its own isolated issue with great descriptions of which each cell does that red blood cell encounters she's always being saved by a neutrophil which is the most common type of white blood cell and he has taken a shine basic to her um her simple ways uh, it's definitely worth a watch and from what I can tell it is accurate from a biology point of view so very interesting for probably be quite useful for you know kids as well. Uh, another another favourite of mine was Megalobox created as part of a 50th anniversary for the manga Ashita no Joe. We follow an underground nameless fighter who participates in fixed matches. So Megalobox is a style of boxing where the fighters use a mechanised boxing rig attached to their arms to inflict even more damage on their opponents. Uh, him and his friend slash coach get into a spot of trouble with the local loan shark and have to take their fights to a, uh, into a Megalobox tournament in order to win back um, some money that will cover the coach's debts. He takes on the name of Joe and fights his way to the top of the competition. It started airing on Toonami as as part of the English run uh, as uh, as a beginning of December. My next favorite was Dakaichi. I'm I'm harassed by the sexiest man of the year. This one is strange because it's a yaoi style anime, um, 
for those who don't know, yaoi basically means guy on um, guy on guy relationships. Um, it follows Takato Saijo as he loses the most desirable man of the year award to Junta Azamaya after a five year streak of always winning it. The anime is really well animated, um, very vibrant colors. The characters get themselves into hilarious situations. Uh, you follow basically the sort of love story of Takato and Junta. And it also gives like a brief insight onto how they view relationship, uh, the Japanese view relationships um, with regards to models and actors, what they are or aren't allowed to do. It wasn't an anime. It's not an anime I would typically go for, but ever so often, you know, you've got to step outside your regular genres. Uh, my next favourite was Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. We follow the main character, Sakuta, his love and social life through a series of incidents stemming from puberty syndrome. It's a high school story. Well, it's a high, high school based storyline. And he basically falls in love with this girl who's in the year above him called Mai after he's out in the library and he sees her walking around the library in a bunny outfit which is where we get the name from. It's a really sweet love story. Uh, the main character is, you know, not wishy-washy. It's not really, there. even though there are a lot of female characters in it, it's not a harem-style anime. And everyone has their sort of place in his life, from his friends, even to, you know, the development of his relationship with his sister and his, and his parents. It's really well-written and well-put-together. Uh, another favourite which I completely took me by surprise was Happy Sugar Life. Um, the opening episode is the main character standing on top of a burning roof holding the hand of a small child. Like, if that's not going to get your interest, then, you know, just turn it off straight away. But we then go jump back in time and the main character is a pink-haired psycho. Uh, her name's Sato, she's a young girl who knows nothing about love and basically just continuously hooks up with guys every couple of days to fill the void that she has inside of her and eventually she comes into contact with this little girl called Shio who has this very strange ability to make everyone who lays eyes on her sort of fall in love with her, not in a weird well, it is a bit weird and creepy, but not in a sexual kind of way, but just this really kind of like they want to fawn all over her and they must have her close and it sends them a bit psychotic. The anime is very grisly. It's going to tug at your heartstrings. Uh, there's so many things going on here. Murder, blackmail, bullying, parental abuse, perverted teachers, kidnapping, even rape is um, sort of alluded to as it goes along. But it's so worth it. From what I've researching around the the anime, I've heard the manga is way more intense and also explains bits of that they that they may not have animated, which would help you understand the story better. And I've started reading it, and it seems that is the case. Another one that was really good, which is now available on Netflix, uh, Baki. And it's basically a martial arts program. Um, it's a sport anime. You know, a bunch of martial arts experts who are on death row break out of 
their prisons across the globe for a chance to find defeat at the hands of Baki. All of them have this thing about they want to be, you know, taken down in a way or in a manner that suits whatever their ethos is, their fighting ethos is. It's great, you know, very muscular um, men, the, the anime style is very swollen. Everybody just looks jacked like they're on steroids. Uh, lots of blood, lots of gore. The storyline only really makes sense because it's an anime. If it was like a film, it would never actually make sense. So it's just one of those things that, you know, the Japanese, the well, Japanese an that anime is like, only it can only be done in an anime. could not be done on anything else. Um, that's dubbed on Netflix, came out in December. It's also available, I guess, all those anime are going to be available everywhere across all the usual typical websites, so Crunchyroll included. Um, some of them are on Funimation as well. Uh, there are a few anime that have dropped, like, their third, sec their third seasons. Free, Dive to the Future, following the main character Haru on his adventures at, at university now doing competitive swimming uh I found this re this anime really engrossing for some reason it's it is a fan service anime and is aimed at girls so if you are not into watching semi-naked guys running around and doing the whole bromance thing really close in each other's face then it's probably not for you but for some even though I'm not really a sports anime fan for some reason this just it really pulled me into it and the animation of it is beautiful especially when they're in the water and they're swimming it's so great I would watch it just for that like the animation is fantastic that this will be their third season that came out for that uh Overlord 3 third season again just continuing off uh our main character Ein Zalgul uh, inside of his the game that he's been stuck inside of as he tries to find his friends you know he's not the guy's not uh, not wimpy you know there's he's not afraid to make the hard decisions he will kill you if he doesn't like you and for that alone I think it's great because there's a lot of the time you find these main characters are just wishy-washy and they shouldn't really be a main character so if you haven't watched the first two seasons of that, definitely watch the, the, the that um that one. The typical ones, Fairy Tale is back. I'm binging that at the moment. Uh, this is going to be its final season, so any Fairy Tale fans, you know, make sure you're in there watching. Uh, My Hero Academy again came with a great uh, a great season, and the next season is looking to be fantastic again can't remember off the top of my head when that comes out but definitely watching that that's there's not that many episodes on my hero academy so if you've heard about it but you haven't been able to watch it definitely pick it up you should be able to watch them watch through it re relatively quickly a couple of days just kill it it's all it's also dubbed so if you know if you're allowed to you watch it at um have your watch things at work while you do your work watch it there as well it's great and that's it 
Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the BrickPod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 